Hi there, you're listening to the Steve Schramm Show, where we train Christians to become confident, passionate servants of Jesus so they can grow in their walk with God and share their faith more persuasively. Welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be back with you today on the podcast here, and I'm excited to dive into a topic that is going to be maybe a little bit controversial, but... Uh, anyway, I think it'll be exciting, and it, it really uh, it shouldn't be controversial. Maybe the title that I've given is admittedly a bit uh, controversial, but I think that by the time I'm done, hopefully you will agree with me, and you will see a similar issue, similar problems that I have noticed. Now, when it comes to reading the Bible, there's really no shortage of plans, methods, routines. I mean, you can basically choose from a wide, wide variety of ways to interact with God's Word. There are, you know, these one-year plans, for example, where you can read the Bible in an entire year. Or there are plans where maybe you're just reading the uh, a portion of the Old Testament, a portion of the New Testament, and then a psalm and a proverb every day. So there's these variations, these different ways that you can interact with the Word of God. But what if it were that the way that you've chosen is not contributing to your Christian growth, but instead it is stunting your Christian growth? Now, it may sound odd for any Christian to uh, say that a, a reading of the Bible, a particular way of reading the Bible, is going to stunt the growth of a Christian. But I do think it can. And the reason for that is that this can lead to a mentality where all you do is read your Bible in order to check off the to-do item of reading your Bible. And it kind of comes naturally to have that for those of us especially who were raised in a Christian environment. I mean, I remember being told that if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not spending time with God early in the morning, first thing every morning, every day, reading your Bible, spending time in prayer, that you are, well, essentially you're in sin. And to be honest with you, I see the value of spending time daily in God's word. Of course, I see the time of spent or the value rather of of seeing uh, of spending that time daily with God in prayer and I try to do those things. But the way that it's presented typically comes across as a kind of a thing that you check off, a to-do item that must be done in order to get your good Christian award for the day and then move on to the next one. And because of that, because of that, it felt more like a a chore to slog through growing up, trying to read the Bible regularly. It felt more like a chore to slog through than I feel that it should have. There are a few reasons why this particular way of going through things, that is, again, reading the Bible through cover to cover over the course of the year, there is a, a reason why I think it has a few 
liabilities to it. First, of course, I've already mentioned it can feel like a chore, right? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't feel like something that we're doing because we love God. A lot of times, it feels like something we're doing out of an obedience that might be noble in some sense, but at the same time, it's nothing that was commanded by God or something like that. In other words, it doesn't lead to sin for you to not read your Bible cover to cover once per year, okay? Uh, The second thing is that the Bible is not written to be read straight through. The Bible is not in chronological order. As a matter of fact, the Bible as we have it today is even out of order from how the Hebrew Bible would have been presented in, well, the time around its writing and shortly thereafter. So it's not as though the items that we see in the Bible have a kind of chronological significance to them. And of course, in the Gospels, you know that the the three out of the four, they're called the synoptic Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those we know are written as parallel stories in a sense. In other words, they have items among them that are different, but the idea is that they track along the same lines. They tell most of the same stories. They are meant to give kind of the order of things from the early life of Jesus to his death and resurrection. So because of this, it's not as though when we read through the Bible, we're reading in any sort of divine significance per se. The other thing is that it can be difficult to make important textual connections when reading the Bible linearly. What I'm getting at here is there are things that you notice when you take a bit different kind of approach to reading the Bible for various reasons. It depends on which approach you've taken as to which of these reasons apply. But there are various ways of reading the Bible that allow you to make connections between different parts of the text that a linear read often makes ambiguous. And this is maybe one reason I can give you is because you'll come across something as you're reading through that connects back to a place earlier, an earlier story. And if you're just making time to go through, and and your Bible reading consists of what you're doing to read the Bible chronologically and literally, or linearly, not literally, but linearly, then you are going to run into a scenario where you don't take the time to go back and look up those connections, and you don't take the time to go see where the connection would lead, what could come of that. So you're going to miss out on those things. I recently came across a helpful piece of advice from Sean McDowell. Now, this piece, when I read it, I thought was great. It actually served as the impetus for putting together this blog post and podcast episode. And in the in the post, Sean questions whether or not quantity should really be our goal. He says this, quote, but why should that be our goal? Why should our scripture reading be about how much we read? There's undoubtedly value in daily scripture reading. My point is not to minimize this important discipline, but honestly, how much do people really retain after the Bible in a year plan? My suspicion is that it may be less than we think. Close quote. 
I think Sean is really, really on to something here. When it comes to this idea of biblical literacy, I love this. I, honestly, the first time that I heard it phrased this way was from my own pastor. And I appreciate the way he puts this and thinks about this because his goal is to build a biblically literate church. And you can better believe that I am thrilled and poised and excited to be part of a church with that end goal, the goal of being biblically literate. And there is a glaring lack of depth to the biblical literacy of most Christians today. And what's odd about that, and by the way, to if you disagree with that, I mean, it doesn't really take much to realize that. You just look throughout the culture and and you see, I mean, do a little bit of reading and look at some statistics and you will find how many that would affirm Christianity and yet they have very little literacy of the Bible. And what's interesting about that is that so many of them that I've personally known do seem to have a daily Bible reading habit. So, I mean, what's the disconnect? What's the problem? Why is it that so many people do seem to have a habit of reading the Bible and yet have a serious lack of biblical literacy? It's like we've read the words, but we haven't retained what was said. We haven't made the connections. We haven't really experienced it for ourselves beyond just reading it on the page. So what's the problem? I think it's a wrong-headed idea of the goal behind reading the Bible daily. A wrong-headed idea of the goal behind reading the Bible daily. So why do we read? Why do we read the Bible? Let's start there. Well, the Bible is God's special revelation to mankind. In it, we really learn about the nature of God, the nature of reality, the nature of our ultimate destiny. I mean, this is a book that is the most important collection of literature on the planet. You read Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21, one of my favorite little passages on the reliability of the Bible and why we can trust God's word. And you see all of this evidence that the Bible claims for itself. Eyewitnesses. Um, People were eyewitnesses to the risen Jesus. It claims a divine origin in writing. It was that the prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit as they wrote the words that they did and as they spoke the words that they did and as they guided God's people along through history. I mean, this book was the result of divine production and preservation. It is the most important collection of documents in the history of the world. This is God's revelation to mankind. And if that's the case, then the goal of reading the Bible is to know the divine speaker behind it. And the problem is that when we merely read the Bible, just to say that that reading it, I don't know, it kind of has a casual connotation to it. I mean, we read all kinds of books, right? We read history books. We read, at least I do, science books, philosophy books, books about um, connecting the biblical worldview to other parts of our lives. 
Christian living books, in other words. We read all of these things. We read novels. We read fairy tales. But this book, it just seems to me that it requires something beyond that, a much deeper and closer inspection. It needs to be studied. Its depths need to be plumbed. There are just countless individuals, literally countless individuals over the course of history who have devoted their entire lives to the study of this book and to the study of just one aspect even of this book or multiple aspects of this book. And yet, as the centuries tick away, more and more people come along and more and more people are needed. And new insights, maybe not new core truths, but new new little insights are coming to light every day as we have more evidence about the ancient world and as we have more people who are excited about studying the Bible. Um, yeah, it may be true, but there's nothing new under the sun. And it's also true that the gospel is so simple that even a child can understand. And yet we're dealing with a book that was given from divine production. I mean, basically, right? Yeah, it was written by humans, but the, the, the process was divinely superintended. And so there's so much more to discover. And when we merely read the book, it just doesn't quite give us the fill, I think, that we need. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that a casual read through the Bible is uncalled for. I think Sean puts this nicely. He says if the goal is primarily to get through the Bible in a year, then this is the great plan. Uh, and that's fine. But he's absolutely correct, at least I think, whether or not that should always be the goal. And I don't necessarily think it should. Now, perhaps that is the goal for your family Bible time, for example. Okay, there's a, there's a time and a place for that. But personally, I just can't tell you how many times that I've received almost supernatural insight from carefully considering just one or two verses over and above a mechanical read-through of a chapter or multiple chapters per day. So what I'm getting at is that studying the Bible is greater than reading the Bible. Embracing an attitude of study and reflection may end up serving us better than a robotic commitment to reading. Here are a few reasons why I say this. First of all, studying allows for connections to be made. Now, this is an important point and one I touched on earlier and we're going to touch on it again in a different way. There are no accidentals or incidentals in the Bible. If something was placed in the Bible, it was placed there for a purpose. Now, I find that a lot of things in the Bible are strange to our modern ears. There are things that seem odd. Maybe the English, the way that the Bible was translated into English on a particular point, obscures something about the meaning. Perhaps maybe there's a Hebrew idiom that uh, comes along with what is uh, said there, and it doesn't quite capture the full meaning of it because we don't have the context that they had when we're reading it in English. Now, again, this is something that if we're just trying to read through, then probably we're going to be more concerned with getting through what words are on the page and, and reading them in order to check off our, our checkbox and move on to the next thing in the day. But 
if you were taking your time, if you were looking for a little bit deeper study than that, then maybe you would stop there and say, oh, that, you know, that sounds weird. I, there's nothing in English uh, t- to me that, that sounds quite like that. For example, one um, Hebrew idiom is the idea to build a house to build a house. Now, here in modern terms, we take those words literally when we say we are going to build a house. What we mean is we are going to get a construction crew out. We are going to order lots of lumber. We are going to order lots of paint. We're going to order lots of other building supplies. And we are going to put a house together. Except in Hebrew, that is not what this means. To build a house in Hebrew is to engender a son or sons. And they're going to, in other words, build the house of Israel, as we see in a a couple different chapters, uh, Ruth 4, verses 10 through 13. You can see this idea going on. So, So they're building the house of Israel, and that means that they are having sons. Okay, so that is one example of a Hebrew idiom. Now, Hebrew idioms are not all that I am talking about. There are lots of strange Bible stories, and I linked to that there in the notes. There are lots of strange Bible stories that um, I talked about before that just, I don't know, they, they seem weird. They seem like things that to a 21st century reader would be quite odd. And the truth is that they are. And you need a method of Bible study that allows for you, allows the time in your day to actually look into some of these things and to to learn something, to take to take even one thing away from your study of the Bible. That one thing that you remember is worth a thousand words that you could read and not remember even one of them. And oftentimes when you learn, this is what's so cool, when you learn just one little concept like this, you'll see it come out in other places in scripture. And that helps you. It helps actually shape your thinking when it comes to reading other parts of the Bible. It's really, it's really cool. And that actually leads me perfectly to the second thought on why I believe studying the Bible is greater than reading the Bible. And that's this, studying forces a commitment to critical thinking. Now, this one might seem a little bit strange, but it seems to me that if if you take the time to carefully approach the Bible in its context, according to its literary genre, taking into account its historical setting and everything, then it's going to force you to slow down and to think a bit more carefully natural questions will arise. I mean, they'll come right up out of the text when you're doing that. They're going to beg for you to answer them because you're going to be going slowly and you are not going to be able to just gloss over them. These are things that, again, if you're moving slowly and you're thinking deeply as you're going along, they are going to pique your interest. Dare I say they're even going to bug you until you figure them out, until you figure out what on earth is going on here. And that will force you to answer those questions. And then, again, that just kind of leads you down a great path of discovery and learning about other times, maybe when the Bible uses similar ideas. Okay, the final thing as to why I believe studying the Bible is greater than reading the Bible is this. Times are hard and getting harder.
Now, this one's a more somber point, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Most of us here in the West seem to know very little or seem to even care very little about what happens to Christians worldwide. There is persecution going on, the likes of which, if we had to endure this, would just be, uh, I mean, incredible in a bad way. (laughs) I mean, the amount of suffering that we could not even imagine that goes on around the rest of the world right now just because of claiming Christ. I mean, this is the kind of persecution, probably it was worse, that Christianity flourished in under um, under Roman rule. And it's amazing that, I mean, God has been faithful throughout the centuries. God is still faithful today. But there may come a day, and I don't want to think about this. I mean, I don't want to think in these terms. But there may come a day when we see something very similar to that here in the West. And when ownership, even ownership of God's word, is a dangerous privilege rather than an expected right that we take for granted. You will not know God's word by reading it. That's the fact. You will not know God's word just by reading it. Intimate knowledge requires study, thought, and interaction. And again, I'm going to say something here that, I mean, for me, it's I'm preaching to myself, but memorization, hiding God's word in your heart, memorization is a big deal, and I'm the worst at it. Now, growing up when I was in those programs like Awana and things like that, I was pretty good at it. But these days, these days, I'm not so good at it. And there are people that I know who memorize entire books of the Bible, and I admire them. I want to get there one day. I'm not there. I'm just not. Um, but I want to get there, and I think it is a virtue to to get there. That is exactly how they remembered things in the days when the Bible was even being written. I mean, ancient Hebrews, this was what they did. They memorized God's word. They could recite it from their heart. Man, would that we could do something like that to help us in times of trouble and in times of persecution. Well, let me give you, as we close out here, my number one practical tip for reading the Bible well. Now, let me be clear. I don't endorse a particular method for studying the Bible over another. I have tried different ones, and I think any of them can be made to fit with this tip. Whether the Bible in a year plan is what you start with, or you're using one where it allows you to read different portions of Scripture. Again, I'm not advocating for one method. I'm just saying that with this one tip, you could take any of them and I think make them work. Now, there are a lot of helpful tools and ideas. So uh, you can reserve your study to a tool like uh, Lagos Bible Software by Faith Life. Or maybe you prefer to use a heavily referenced study Bible, or you may intentionally choose a Bible without even so much as a cross reference. Um, Myself, I use all three of those. There are different times in which I love to have a Bible with lots of references, lots of study notes and all of that. And then there are times when I like to use my Bible that has absolutely nothing besides the text and a little spot to write my notes. And there are times, especially when I'm doing that deep dive stuff, when I'm using a tool like Logos Bible Software. So many times I might have my Bible and I'm, I'm reading the actual Bible where I could take notes, but then I have Logos open so I can follow along in the text and make some of those connections and dig deeper when I want to study different themes. And when I do um, sermon prep and prep for you know talks on theology and apologetics, things of that nature, 
a lot of times that's the route I'm going. So here's the point that I want to make, and I think this is the best tip for reading the Bible well, and I can capture it in just two words. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Uh, many readers and listeners of the podcast here know that I love a good aphorism. Now, this one might sound a bit cheesy, but I guarantee you it's memorable. Here it is. Slow down your speed when the Bible you read. Slow down your speed when the Bible you read. Why is this? Because again, when you go slow, you can practically apply many of the thoughts I've mentioned here to whichever method you choose. You can do something like reading one book at a time over and over. I've recently been exposed to to this method. The folks over at um, Stand to Reason have a really great article on this, and it stems from another article that somebody else wrote that is based on a book from the 1900s and early 1900s, and it's a absolutely wonderful read. I read uh, the little excerpt that is posted in the article that Stand to Reason references, and I think it's great. So uh, reading the Bible one book at a time, over and over until you have mastered that particular book. I am probably going to be doing a lot more of that in the coming days. Or following the cross-references of an idea. Just read through like you have been and just stop at every cross-reference and follow those. And if you get through one verse and its cross-references, consider that a successful day. You will have understood a connection that the next time you come across it or you hear it in a sermon or it comes up in a conversation that will help you be intelligent when it comes to that thing. You will have something to offer. You will have either instruction to offer or it will help you gain better insight into another area. Try using a thematic approach sometime where your intent is to get through the entire text of the Bible, but it does so trying to stay on particular themes. So you'll read through the Old Testament and the books that the approach uses from the New Testament and also from the Psalms or the Proverbs, whichever, will actually be in some way related. There will be some kind of textual connection there when possible with the Old Testament text that you read for that day. And it's really amazing. Uh, reading chronologically, finding a Bible that is presented in chronological order, or again, reading just cover to cover. These are all methods that will work, and you can study the Bible instead of read it if you just slow down. Slow down. That will, again, cause you to think deeper. You'll get some of these natural questions coming up, which will allow you to, and really force you to, make some of these connections, and it will help you to know your Bible better for times of persecution. I think all of these approaches will be dramatically more effective if you just slow down, think carefully and critically, and intentionally look for connections between books and writers and themes in the text. So don't just read. Study slowly and soak up God's truth. Well, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a listener to the podcast. Again, it's been another great week and I would encourage you if you would, something that when people are looking for new podcasts to listen to, a lot of times they 
are given encouragement or discouragement to listen by reading the reviews. So wherever you are, if you would, I would love for you to leave a podcast review for The Steve Schramm Show. Let people know why you enjoy listening to the show and how it could be a help to them as they grow in their Christian walk. I would really, really love that, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, If you use iTunes, whichever store you're in, or it's not iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts now, which is so confusing, but whatever country you're in, if you would just go to the Apple Podcast player for that particular country and put in your review, man, that would just be an absolute blessing to me. You don't have to do that, but if you would do that, that would be a serious blessing to me. And I would love to start reading out those reviews here on the podcast. So if we get good reviews as they come in, I would love to be able to read those and help others understand why they should listen to the show in order to get a deeper and greater understanding of God's Word. That's what we try to offer around here. And so I I appreciate if you would help us out with that. Also, if our material blesses you, you can help directly sponsor the creation of new content just like this for as little as a dollar per month. There are also some cool benefits over there, but uh, if you love what we do and would like to uh, a, a way to give back and to help support the show and help us be able to increase our awareness to others and uh, buy better equipment and things of that nature, then I would love for you to become a patron, become a supporter of the podcast, and you can learn how to do that by going to steveschramm.com slash give. All right. Thank you. And God bless you. And we will see you in the next one.